Hey, hey, welcome to the Run of the Mills podcast. This is your daily run through the book of Romans. We're in chapter 12, and we have been talking about how a Christian ought to live or how a Christian ought to behave. And remember, all these things go back to the very first verse in Romans chapter 12 that says, I beseech you, or I beg you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Um, some Bibles, some versions also say, which is your spiritual act of worship. The idea being, in light of all the truths about God that have been written about, that Paul's written about in the first 11 chapters, in light of all those great mercy that we've been shown by God, the great mercy that he has kept from us the penalty of our sin, that we are free from that penalty of, of eternal separation from God in hell. Um, that we are free from the power of sin, that sin no longer reigns over us. We don't have to, we don't have to do those things. I don't have to do those things anymore. Does that mean I don't stumble? Yeah, I still stumble. I still will. Well, God still reveals to me new things that I, that I'm like, oh, Hannah, here's another, here's another issue for me to, to overcome. But I don't have to do the things that I used to do. I don't have to be that person. I can instead uh, submit myself to the Lord and use, you know, my instruments, as it says in Romans six, for uh, for righteousness and not for uh, the flesh. And so I'm free from the power of sin, free from the the penalty of sin, and and then that freedom from the preoccupation of sin. That whole idea of have I done enough? Am I good enough? Have and instead understanding that no, I I'm not married to the old husband. Remember that from Romans chapter seven, where it talks about. You know, the woman is bound to her husband as long as he lives, but should he die, she's freed from that covenant. And so for us, you know, we're no longer bound by the old law, but we are bound by to a new a new husband um, being Christ that we are bound by love. And so it's not a matter of I'm doing these things to earn his love. It's I'm doing these things because of his love. And so I don't have to be caught up with have I done enough? Am I good enough? But instead I can say he has done enough. He is good enough. Um, so that's good stuff to to keep in mind. And so in light of all those things, in light of God's plan, um, in light of his great mercy that he's shown, in light of his great grace, what should I do? How should I live? And so that's what we're talking about in Romans chapter 12, how I ought to live. And so when we get to this 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 um, next portion here, um, there's, there's three or four verses that are very similar. And so I'm going to probably read through further than what I'm going to talk about, but just so you can see in verse 14, my Bible has a new paragraph, but that's kind of the idea is continuing on with how we ought to live. He says this, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. So there's this contrast to the world's ideas with God's ideas. And we're going to go through, we're going to see um, some of these things that maybe are, that go against our nature, right? Because we are, we have a new nature. We are no longer um, under the or ruled by the old nature of the flesh, but uh, of the spirit, which we talk about a lot in chapter eight and nine. So anyway, um, he goes on and he says, um, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. And now he's going to hit on something that sounds similar to verse 14. Remember, verse 14 was, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Verse 17, he says, repay no one evil for evil. 
have regard for good things in the sight of all men. As much as possible, as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. And then, verse 19, he says something similar to verse 14 and verse 17, and he says this, Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for his written vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him drink. For in doing so, you will heap coals of fire on his head. And do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So, lots of contrasting verses about good and evil, um, about uh, those who persecute you and how we ought to treat them, and you know, ev- you know, what to do with those um, who treat you with evil. You know, not getting vengeance and such. So, they're all a little different. I think there's great nuances in them. So I, I just want to talk about verse 14 today. So verse 14, he says, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. Because it's our natural response, right? Our natural response is to curse those who persecute us. Now, remember, important biblical foundational principle. Are you ready? Here it is. Jesus was persecuted. Jesus was persecuted. And so as his followers, we can expect to be persecuted as well. I was just talking with somebody just a few minutes ago that was talking about how they were sharing with a group of people that they had recently met about how they were a Christian. And they noticed a couple people kind of giving them the rolled eye, side eye look. Um, and that is some just subtle persecution. You might think, well, that's not really persecution, but, but it is. They're, they're, they're by their nonverbal things. They're belittling your belief system. They are rolling their eyes. They're disrespecting what you said you believed in. And so that's minor persecution. Of course, in our, in our world today, there is major persecution. And we're seeing more and more as we see Western cultures becoming more and more secularized, we're seeing more persecution uh, of the church. And what I think is fascinating is how people are trying to play it down. Trying to say, oh yeah, you're just making a big deal about this. You're making a big deal about that, um, but it's it's real, and it's going to become greater and greater as the world takes more and more stands against things that the Bible says are wrong. You know, so that's when the majority has the power, the majority tends to dish out the punishment, and so when the majority becomes anti-Christian viewpoint. Well, the persecution is going to increase. That's just how it's going to work. So what ought we to do when we are persecuted? Well, first and primary is we need to remember, like I said before, that Jesus was persecuted. We should not expect any different. Expect it. And here's the other thing. Don't have the victim's mentality. Don't get in the mode of poor me, poor me, I'm persecuted. Oh, oh, oh. Um, instead, He tells us what to do. He says, bless those who persecute you. Look for opportunities to bless the people that are persecuting you. Those people that roll their eyes at you when you share with them. Look for those opportunities to bless them. Compliments when you say, hey, you know, I just, you know, that's just, I love that shirt. You know, just little things can be a blessing to encourage them in what they're doing, you know, to, to point out that, they've done a good job or if you see abilities in them to say, Oh, you know, you have really great leadership abilities. Are you really, you know, I just noticed you have a lot of influence over people. 
whatever. I mean, look for opportunities to, to be a blessing to them. He says, bless and do not curse. I think it's our natural response to want to curse them um, because we recognize things that they don't. Obviously we recognize the existence of, of divine good and real evil. We recognize the difference between sin and holiness. We recognize these things. We recognize worldliness and we recognize um, carnality. We recognize these things that they don't. To them, it's normal. To them, what they're doing, for the most part, they have convinced themselves, if we are reading Romans chapter 1 correctly, they've convinced themselves that they are right, that they're doing the right thing that you should be belittled or you should be persecuted for what you believe because it's narrow-minded, because horrible things have been done in the name of religion, because you have a narrow-minded view on something that you th they think you think that something is wrong and therefore they're persecuted by you, you know? So we, we need to be... Um, not looking to bless or not looking to curse them. Um, that's, that's not my job is to, to curse these people. Um, whenever I deal with somebody that's talking about persecution, I, you know, I always ask the question, well, is the person doing it? Are they a Christian? No. Then don't be shocked. Don't be surprised when sinners sin. Don't be surprised when your public statement of your embrace for God is ridiculed, made fun of when you face persecution. Don't be, don't be shocked because we know that Romans chapter one says, you know, they suppress the truth and unrighteousness that they would believe the lie. The truth is convicting. The message we have is convicting. Whether you like it or not, the message of the cross is that you are a sinner in need of salvation and it's people don't like being called sinners. They don't like being told they're wrong. People don't like it. That's why they'll say when you do that you hate them because that's what they hear. Because here's another conversation I had this evening. You are more than what you do. Now, there's some uh, caveat, caveats to that, um, that the Bible a lot of times calls people by what they do. You're a drunkard. You're an idolater. You're an adulteress. When you're not a Christian, you're you're often defined by what you do. Um, but for me, I'm defined not by what I do, but by whose I am. And I belong to Jesus. And so I hold that name Christian, even though it's unpopular with a lot of people, because I want to have his name because I'm his. It's not about what I do. It's about what he's done. And I am not defined by what I do. I'm not so limited to just being that. Um, I'm his child and created his image for his purpose and for doing his work and making an eternal impact on the world. And you know what? So are you. God bless you. Talk to you next time. Bless those who curse you.